Hello, everybody, and welcome to another wonderful discussion uh, here on Thumbs Up or Down, You Decide. I'm Eric Trebell. I'm Melissa Leach. And uh, joining us uh, off in the background is Maya Taylor. Hey, what's up? Hey. <laughs> and uh, as we were recording, not not our today topic, uh, but we figured we'd mention it. Uh, the remake of Mulan has now popped up on Disney+, Plus, but... Uh, it definitely got us thinking, like, considering how far, like, some of the Disney remakes have gone, and, uh, we figured we'll, we'll take a moment to discuss, uh, some of them, uh, down the line. Uh, I guess the best way to start this off is, like, I gotta think back to three years ago when I knew things were starting to go downhill in terms of the Disney live-action remakes. At the time of 2017, were kind of hit or miss for some people. Um, uh, Alice in Wonderland people are half and half on, uh, You've said that you you're one of the people who likes it. Personally, yeah, the the original. I'm sorry to anyone who is a fan of the original Alice in Wonderland, but for me, it was as a little girl. Um, I'm not gonna lie to you. Alice in Wonderland was scary and kind and honestly depressing. Especially that scene where she's in that forest and crying alone. I'm like, damn, it's really depressing. But. Ironically enough, my, my opinion after seeing it as an adult has changed, but I definitely like Tim Burton's version of Alice in Wonderland more, admittedly. Me too. When I did watch the animated version as an adult, I'm not gonna lie, I, all I thought was, this movie's really freaking stupid <laughs> and boring. Literally all I thought was, and there's some people, I'm yeah. not gonna mention names, but there are some people I know who've mentioned that it's one of their favorites. Is it who I'm thinking of? Yes. <laughs> I've heard. This. I hate it when I'm right. Oh, this 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 tip, this particular person I am talking about has mentioned that they love the animated version, and I'm like, damn, you like. And I remember even telling this person. At, well, I imagine she wants face. it. Well, I imagine she wants to be Alice in real life because she's a lost person. She's constantly in Wonderland while everyone else is in reality. Like, what the hell are you smoking? <laughs> the rest of us could use a little in this crazy world. I don't, I don't think it's good. I don't, so I wouldn't take it. Fair enough. I like most Disney films, especially recent ones, but I, it's, I'm sorry, the animated I can't do. Just stupid to me. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm on the spectrum that just kind of thinks it's okay. Mm -hmm. uh, but it wasn't, like, what completely, like, won me over or dissatisfied me in terms of, like, uh, these remakes. Since then, the other remakes we got were Maleficent. Technically, I count that as a remake of Sleeping Beauty. Well, I'll, I'll have a further discussion on that. Technically, you are correct on that. I have got a bone to pick with that movie. The, the animated version of Sleeping, Be uh, Sleeping Beauty is actually one of the... It is in my eyes. gorgeous. Oh, yeah, I mean, it, it, to my, in my eyes, it's actually one of the better ones. The next three that we got um, were the ones that, I'll, I'll actually admit, these were the ones that won me over. Uh, after that, it was Cinderella, Jungle Book, and Pete's Dragon. Don't know if they'll be happy or not to hear this, but I've never seen any of those. I've seen animated version of Cinderella, obviously. I've just never seen yeah. the live action. For me, Cinderella worked because, like, considering it's had, it's a fairy tale that's had, like, so many different other adaptations, and considering we just also had Into the Woods that, uh, previous winter, it's, I kind of felt like any interpretation of Cinderella is, like, take it or leave it. Okay. Jungle Book, I was really impressed with. I mean, I adored the animated version, but it's like, when I saw John Favreau's remake, I got, I was really impressed with, like, how well he did the animation for it. Mm. He, it was impressive with Lion King, but that's, a uh, Again, another can of worms. 
then we get to Pete's Dragon, which at the time was my personal favorite, uh, because like with you and Alice in Wonderland, I was not a fan of the original Pete's Dragon, and I thought the remake actually did a lot of things that improved upon it. Which then leads us to Beauty and the Beast. That is a tougher uphill battle to conquer. And I say that because, uh, not just because Beauty and the Beast is a fantastic film and one of my personal favorites. Uh, Me too. <laughs> Actually, I, I, I think that's on all of us because yeah. I, I grew up on that film and... Oh, it took me like a, a good, a, until like I was in middle school to like really appreciate it. Like I had the VHS day, but it's like, mm. it wasn't until like much older that I was like, okay, now I get why people love this movie. I think also, aside from being captured by a beast, I resonated with the character, her feeling out of place and constantly ha having her head in the books. That was me growing up. But and I, I know think... that that was my mom, too, so... Belle was one character, aside from, in a way, Cinderella, that I really resonated with, because I, I resonated with the fact that she feels out of place, the fact that people call her strange all the time, and the fact that she would rather have her head in a book than be like everyone else. <laughs> Even as I'm watching it today, because, like, uh, I have to also admit, like, I not only saw this, like, as a kid at, at home, but it's like, uh, I was also one of the few people who actually got to see this in theaters when it was re-released in 3D. You're talking... They, 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 the they, animated they... version. Wow, okay. Yeah, this was back in 2012. Still getting a chance to, like, see it in theaters on the big screen... If that, at any time that happens, like, definitely take that chance, people. The music was heavily acclaimed at the time. It was, like, uh, it was uh, one of the last films uh, to have Howard Ashman's involvement in it, who wrote, the uh, wrote some of the songs to it, uh, along with Alan Menken. Okay. It was directed by Gary Truesdale and Kirk Wise, uh, who later on did Hunchback of Notre Dame, another mm. fantastic film. And it was the. I need to rewatch that film actually because that was that was another one that I loved, but I definitely need to rewatch it again as an adult. Just because, mm -hmm. not to interrupt you, but one thing I'm really enjoying is actually rewatching a lot of the animated movies that I saw as a kid as an adult, especially now after having gone through film school. It's having me gain a better appreciation for it mm -hmm. with with everything. So I that there's definitely certain Disney films that I really need to rewatch just to kind of get a new different perspective on it. Well, I think that's so. with animated films in general. The fact that this was nominated for Best Picture at the time, competing with something like Silence of the Lambs, that wow. tells... There was a lot of heavy competition that that film was going up against. Story-wise, character-wise, performance... Like, objectively, a good, a great film. Mm. I agree. Yeah, so when you're talking about the idea of, like, remaking this, it's like, you gotta... Like, you, you not only have to have some people that are talented, but it's like you also got to have people who, like, really understand what this source material brings about. And I don't know. It's like, uh, what was your take when you first uh, heard they were remaking this? Well, one thing I do have to mention is that I don't know if a lot of people know this or not, but there is technically an earlier Beauty and the Beast black and white film that I do have to mention because technically the Disney version is not the earliest Beauty and the Beast film that there is. There is a black and white version. It's it's a French, a very beautiful French film. La Belle et la Beast. 
I was, uh, I was about to Sorry. thank you because I was about, about to butcher that, uh, and I was literally about to apologize. I feel ashamed for butchering that, considering I took I saw this film the same time I was taking a French class. <laughs> I feel more ashamed that I kind of butchered that title. Uh, um, but I, so I saw the original black and white version when I was actually going to school at CSN because the library there had. The original black and white version available and i probably watched that version at least i want to say a good three or four times and I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you that was probably the only good black and white film that csm was offering at the time yes i'm sorry people okay don't hate me if 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 you you love black and white films it's just they're i'm good i'm good not not all of them are my cup of tea all right i just i i, I just i don't know for me the acting i'm I guess when I've grown up with really, really good actors like Robin Williams and, and Hank Azari well, I don't think and stuff that's like that. a, I don't think that's more of a matter of like not liking black and white films. I think that's just a matter of like hating early films. Possibly, because I'm sorry, a lot of the acting, it's just, I'm like, God, I really can't stand the yeah. acting in this film. But yeah, so after watching the black and white film, I started getting a little bit more of a better appreciation for the animated. And so like I said, this was before they came out with the live action my opinion with, and I I don't know if this should be the case or not, but my opinion with the live action Beauty and the Beast was kind of tied into, I don't know if you've, you, you've heard of the show or not, the, 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 the show that was on, um, it's not called Freeform, but uh, ABC Family, it was, it was Once Upon a Time. Yeah. I don't like the way that they did be the, the Beauty and the Beast storyline. On the show? Yes. I hated that they made Rumple the Beast. And mind you, I'm a fan of Robert Carlyle. I'm a massive fan of this, but I hated the fact that they made his character the Beast. And I'm still kind of got Dead black and white, white feelings towards the actress that they made Belle. It so it's in like mostly just like the performance from the actors? Or? Kind of, yeah. Um, I'm going to hate saying this because I love Robert Carlyle. His his character his character of Rumple really got on my nerves at times because it was just it was it, I'm sorry there's some things that are just done too much and I also think it was partly because the friend that we had at the time was constantly taking on his role and I'm like dude you're not Robert Carlos stop fucking mocking him you know he I was, he was I, ruining his goddamn character on the show and it was he was doing it all I'm like dude and that partly was what was getting on my nerves with the character of Rumble because he was constantly imitating him and it was annoying as fuck. I'm not going to lie. I did like Once Upon a Time. It's just I didn't like the way that they tw they, they, they included the storyline of Beauty and the Beast into their show. Uh, for me, I can accept that as like doing something different from the animated version because I don't know. Like when I heard they were doing a remake of Beauty and the Beast, it's like, you know, it's like I, I it was a matter of like, okay, how much is actually going to be different and like what do you what are you going to do that's new that you can bring to it? And um, mind you, I do like the actress that played Belle. I just, I don't, I still to this very day don't know how I feel about her having had played the, the way she portrayed that character. As I said, I just, everything about, and mind you, my friend loved the way that they did it. I couldn't stand it. And like I said, him constantly imitating it made it even more fucking annoying for me. When I did find out that they were doing a live action of Beauty and the Beast, and I found that Emma Watson was attached to it, who loved her her for a very, very long time, it was almost like a part of me was actually happy and satisfied just from knowing that fact alone. 
I, I do I do love her in, in, in general. I, I don't know, for me it felt better. Hmm. I for, for some reason, um, so it kind of a little bit made up for how I felt about the way that they did it on the show. Like I said, I, I know that those two are not even kind of mm -hmm. really connected, but it, yeah, it was satisfying. It's... Even though, I'm not going to lie to you, there are things about the animated version that I like, that I love, but there are also certain things about the live action that I also love, even though I'm still privy to the animated. I thought it was okay. Um, when I, I, I was hesitant on the choice of Emma Watson on, on her playing uh, Belle. Love the Harry Potter series. I mm -hmm. thought Hermione is a great character, but um, I've also seen her other other works, and I do. Yeah, think that she uh, did very the Perks well. of Being a Wallflower is actually my favorite oh, God, uh, yeah. film of hers. I love, I, I love that character of hers. Yeah, and so it's like it's not it's not so much a I had no doubt about her acting, but it's like mm -hmm. with singing wise, I was hesitant on that. Mm. Um, because bear in mind, she turned down the role of uh, it was Emma Stone's character in La La Land. Oh. I, I forget her name, but that was the she. Uh, Damien Chazelle originally was going to go with her and Miles Teller. What ended up happening was Emma Watson ended up choosing uh, Beauty and the Beast instead, mm. and Miles Teller got caught up working on War Dogs. So it's like he kind of had to kind of side out and let Damien uh, have Damien Chazelle go with another pair. Uh, but what got me worried was the fact that as I was going to go see this with. Uh, friend of mine and uh also in sort of context the first time i saw this movie was like nearly a year after my first breakup mm. so and i was with my friend who kind of who introduced us mm -hmm. he told me before we went to go see it and it was one of those moments where it's like i had to stop my tracks and stop him and say wait what and it was when he revealed to me that emma watson was auto-tuned oh, the was minute auto-tuned yes and the minute i heard that this was before I first saw the movie. That got really distracting because all I could hear was a computer messing with her audio. And mm. I will admit, there are some things about the remake that I actually do think are good. Um, although I do have to admit, one of the things that did get me scared was the fact it was directed by Bill Condon. Mm. Which, while Dreamgirls and uh, Mo uh, Monsters and Men is like... Uh, uh, at least I think that's what, he, what the film he directed. But what was it called? Gods and Monsters, sorry. Mm. Uh, Gods and Monsters, that was it. The one film I knew him for was the last two Twilight films, mm. Breaking oh, Dawn Part 1 and 2. Yeah, so it's like a lot of people were like, oh, why are you so worried about it? It's like, it's from the director of the last Twilight movie. It's like, do you not remember that guy's... The production value was actually pretty good. It uh, captured the look of it as best it could in live mm. action. I definitely liked the the... the, the feel of it i because I, I i wasn't honestly sure if they were going to be able to completely capture the entire feel of the the animated with the live action because i didn't actually realize until i re recently resaw that i was like wow this movie is really aesthetically beautiful mm -hmm. i wasn't sure if they were going to be able to capture that beauty with with the live action quite like they did with the animated. The clock literally looks like he was eaten and regurgitated by the freaking beast. Are you kidding me? <laughs> he looks like he's covered in 
Dookie. Well, he looks like he's covered in shit. I'm not even gonna lie to you. The, the color of... The... I, I think Lumiere looked a little bit more like that. He looked like, oh my god, is the metal melting? Oh, no, no, no. They both looked like it. It's just, <laughs> they, they, they literally... I'm like, did you people really think that they didn't look like they, they were completely rusted? Or I'm like, god damn, they both really looked like they were chewed and spit out the other end by the beast because he lost his temper and decided to, to, to teach him a lesson. Yeah, and that does get to where I think some of the production value does kind of uh, drag a little bit, is that some of the overuse of CGI and green screen yeah. uh, did get a little distracting. Like, even with the, the, even the, with worst... the teapots and stuff like that. Oh, God. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to lie. Like, I like Emma Thompson's performance as Mrs. Potts. Oh, yeah. Her design is creepy. Oh, yes. Very creepy. Yeah, like, uh, like it's just a talking face in the side of the teapot. It's like... I'm sorry, it's like, your mouth needs to be under your nose. <laughs> it's like, there's a reason your nose was... It's like, there's a reason your eyes were over there on the nozzle. It's like, it makes it look like a nose. I remind you, there are some... Hey, the elephant pot! There are some aspects of the animation, like when... The animation with her her with her, her yellow dress mm. and finishing it. That I love. That, that I thought was absolutely amazing with, with what, what they did with, with the uh, dress and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> But I've got some friends who will like argue their head off about that, but that's mostly because they're into designing. Oh, but that's that, that that's their own beef. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But when it came, I mean, like I said, there are certain things that I love. I I do like about the live action. Like for me, one of the things I absolutely loved, and I kind of wish that this was included with the animated, was the diversity with 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 the characters. There are because I'm sorry, there's a lot of mm -hmm. white people. <laughs> Well, in the uh, version. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 France. Of course, there's white people. <laughs> I'm sure there's blacks that live in France too. Okay. Yeah. But I do. They weren't in that area. Oh, you know But I I did like the the diversity with the cast in the live action. That was actually really really refreshing to see. I also. Uh, there are also other parts of it, like them kind of talking about the backstory with the characters, uh, with the two main characters and what happened with their moms and, and how they kind of became that. Mm -hmm. That I really appreciated. Um, I will say my one complaint is I wish that the live action segment of the prologue, I wish that was safer, like maybe later on. The one thing that I like uh about the original is that they kept the backstory of the beast, like they show it, but like they do it very subtly. Mm. And, then, and that's another thing I'll at least give the credit for the remake for, is that they at least corrected, like, one little mistake about in the in the, in the the script, how the curse will wear off after the Beast's 21st anniversary. Yeah. And uh, in the original, they mentioned it's been 10 years, so it's like, you imagine, it's like, wait, he was turned into this since he was 11? <laughs> so it's like, I can understand correcting little details like that. Yeah. Uh, and instead, and also they do give an explanation as to why people don't know about this castle, even though it's obviously... Very noticeable if you go mm. far enough. I think with that, and I'm sorry, but I know it's a live action, but the cinematography was kind of getting to me during certain scenes with the live action. Like when they were doing, when they were dancing in the ballroom. A lot of it, I'm not going to lie to you, they did it too quickly with spanning the camera. And I kind of wanted to see the detail because it kind of looked like they were dancing under Christmas lights and it looked really pretty, but they did it so fast. So it's like really couldn't in my opinion enjoy the actual sight of it that and i uh, on top of that i think with uh the be our guest number which i had issues with 
that's another thing I want to get into. It's like some of the songs felt slowed down and that got really distracting to me especially because mm. you know i listened to the original soundtrack constantly like it, even i actually remember getting the 25th anniversary blu-ray uh when it came out because like it was but i remember just listening to that soundtrack constantly and when i was hearing it in the remake i could definitely tell like they slowed the pace down to like probably keep up the pace for some of these actors but the thing about it is i actually looked back at old clips of the oscars when the original animated film was nominated mm. they actually had some of the voice actors including who is it uh, people like uh jerry orbach Paige o'hara oh. robbie benson uh, -huh. uh or no wait not robbie benson richard white uh, okay. and angela lansbury it's like all of them were able to go on stage and perform the song at that same pace or maybe even a little bit faster so it's not so much of a matter of whether or not it's like oh or, or are they going to be out of breath performing it because they're it's voice acting still it's like even for even mcgregor it's like he has the same position that jerry arbach done he's not doing anything different there are some decisions in the remake script that they did add that i can understand why they added in but it's like it also does make me question some things about mm. it like why like, like, not to go into spoilers, but it's, like, that scene with, like, the book that the Enchantress, like, gives the Beast to be, like, oh, you can be anywhere you want, but it's, like, you're a Beast, so you're not gonna be welcome. So it's, like, after Belle finds out about her father, they do some things different with Maurice. I'll, I'll get to that later. But it's, like, when, when she finds out her dad's in danger, why didn't she just use the book? <laughs> it's, like, seriously, it's, like, it's a matter of, like, I understand you're wanting to correct some things from the original that some people have kind of made fun of, yeah. including Belle Stockholm Syndrome. But it's like, that one little detail you added in, it's like, you're talking about correcting plot holes, but you're making more at the same time. Yeah. LeFou, uh, was problematic for me. And no, it is not having to do with the fact that they made his character gay, because after watching that movie, it doesn't even tell you whether or not he is or not. It's like, it's done yeah. as a sight gag. And I'm like, even Josh Gaddon, and it's in the script, it's like, uh, nobody told me that, and it's like, I'm pretty sure Bill Condon should have told, would have told me about that if that was the case. Otherwise, I would have played it way differently. Oh, so he wasn't even told that this No! Was he found, it, that was Disney confirming it after, uh, after they had already finished filming. Oh, Jesus and, Christ. Yeah, and so, like, him being gay is not the problem. My problem is, why did they make him smart and still be called LeFou? It's like, LeFou is French for the idiot. It's like, like, I'm no. It's like I'm less concerned about why he's still with Gaston. It's like I'm more confused about like who named their poor son an idiot. <laughs> Didn't even actually. Oh, Lord. It would have been fine if it was just Gaston calling him LeFou, but it's like for everyone else to comment, like for him to be like, oh yeah, that's my name. It's like, oh my God, you poor child. <laughs> um, when it came, because you were actually reminding me of the last thing I wanted to mention up was when it came to Gaston. I understand why he's made to be this 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 violent person. Although I'm not gonna lie to you, he was, his character was really freaking violent in the live in, in in the the animated version. Oh yeah, it's like really. I was like, God damn, this dude's violent. Like, why the hell is he so angry all the time? Well, it's back in the 1800s. Narcissism was worse than it was back then, and I, oh, I can understand it. Um, but. Uh, but, um, when it came to, uh, the live action, like, my mom mentioned how freaking stupid he is. It's literally over the top. I mean... That, that whole dynamic, I'm like, like you, like you mentioned, LeFou was 
a smartass, which I appreciated, but he was smarter than Gaston, and yet he's called the fool, and yet you're making... The, the, I'm like, it, what was that for? Irony? <laughs> Maybe post-traumatic stress disorder kind of made him dumber. I, just, I mean, like, I know that's mean to say, but it could be possible. Post-traumatic stress disorder. They oh, do the, the, they, the, yeah, because yeah. they mentioned he was a soldier yeah. of the war. I, just, I was just like... Because actually, I, I honestly forgot about that part until, until you said it just now. Because um, I don't think that they ever said that in the animated version that he that his character was. No, he's just a standard uh, narcissist, narcissistic hunter jerk who's just like popular. Um. So yeah, I, I I kind of just his his conceitedness. I'm just like there are certain things about his character in both films that I'm like. Yeah. Like I said, I what not really appreciative of the fact that his character is so freaking. Because I was, I, I was actually, it was watching it as an adult. I'm like realizing, I was like, why is this character so goddamn violent toward toward, toward this this dude? He he's like the only one who's actually helping him out here and sticking with him. But then in the live action, I'm like, I don't think his his character's. I don't think I like his character any better. Can this character ever actually be likable? Or, or, or anything, because I'm just like, goddamn, like, they, they do some things in the mm -hmm. animated that is way over the top, and then they do other things, and I'm like, it's way over, I'm like, really, Disney, really? Well, someone, oh, well, I remember uh, someone actually pointing out, Gaston Wally is the bad guy that attacks the beast. He's technically not the main villain. He's actually, it's actually the town that's the villain, because... You know, they always uh, are questioning how Belle is so strange and not like the rest of them, uh, rest of them, including all the other women who are fawning over Gaston. Yeah. Whereas, like, so it's like you kind of get the idea that the town's already kind of like uh, a little uneasy about Belle. And when you have that scene where LaFou is kind of goading uh, or singing out loud about how great Gaston is, and then everybody else joins in, that's more of the town being like, yeah, we all obviously like Gaston, and they admit it. Whereas in the remake, you see LeFou paying people off to make people like Gaston. It, it does kind of take away the importance so of like the, how... the villain in both films is, is the town, basically. Subtly, but with this one, they try to like... Because, you know, everybody's on that side of Maurice at one point, And then it's like, all of a sudden it's like, Huh, this old man who we thought was murdered? It's like, let's send him off to the crazy house. It's like, okay, that was a weird shift. I know this is going to sound like a stupid, stupid uh, mark to, to, to make, but one of the things that I, I that keeps bothering me with both films, and and it's you're probably going to laugh because it's honestly so small and it's stupid, but it keeps bothering me. In the scene of be our guest, she goes in because she's freaking hungry. Don't do let they, her eat. Do they ever let her eat in either freaking scene? Goddamn. I was like, do you realize that she keeps saying she's hungry, and yet in the animated she doesn't actually get a chance to eat any of the food that's being presented to her? Oh, we thought you meant hungry for entertainment! And <laughs> <laughs> in the live action, I'm like, it's the same thing. I'm like, I think they're letting her take, what, one bite of the freaking gray shit? Yeah. And I was, I'm like, people! And, then, and at the end, she's like, you know what, I think I'm not hungry. And so it's like, oh, well, you just lost your appetite then? <laughs> God, it's, it's like, uh, how much? I'm like, it's a stupid thing to bring up, and I'm like, can you let the woman eat? <laughs> I mean, I at get, least let her drink something. I mean, I get that it's like a movie, and it's supposed to be a thing of like an entertaining thing after everything to, to lighten up the mood with, within the film, given that she's obviously just lost her freedom and all that stuff, and her father. But I'm like, 
people let the girl eat. Like I said, it's, it's super common, but I just, it's, it bothered me with each film. I'm just like, do they let her eat? I'm like, no, they don't. Mm -hmm. I'm like, damn it, people. How did you feel about Dan Stevens as the Beast? Robbie Benson. I'll say this. Um, for me, I actually thought Dan Stevens was actually the best actor in the movie. Like, I, well, I like, I like that, and also I got to give credit for Emma Watson not breaking out into laughter every time she saw him in his motion capture suit. Like the behind the scenes footage is very funny. Cause, really? Yeah, because you just see him in like this, uh, like because. I've seen uh, Colossal uh, that same year, so it's like, I just know Dan Stevens is like a thin, a very thin guy. So it's like seeing him in like that buff motion capture suit, it looks so funny because it looks like he's wearing a balloon. When comparing him to the other people in the live action, yes, I do agree. I think he was by far the best. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Emma Watson. I still love you, but... Get better singing. <laughs> her acting was definitely better than her singing, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But, um... Don't sing through a computer. That's unhealthy. <laughs> when it compared to the original with Robbie Benson, I'm sorry. I, I, that, that's actually what I thought you meant was compare, it, it, how I see him compared to Robbie Benson. I'm sorry. Robbie Benson wins. Sorry, he does. Not going to lie on that. Uh, but when it comes to the other actors in... Because I will admit, I do... Uh, there's a lot of actors in the live action that I do absolutely love. Um, like uh, Stephen Tucci... I thought Ian McGregor and uh, Ian McKellen did good as uh, oh, yeah. Lumiere and Cogswell. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I also love they're no Emma. or they're no Jerry Orbach or uh, David Ogden Steers, oh, yeah, but no. still they're good. But and I also do I also do love Emma Thompson. I really really love her. But when it comes to him or Robbie Benson, I'm sorry, I gotta ha I hand it to Robbie Benson with 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 the Beast. And, and I got and I say this as somebody who did enjoy. Um, because uh, the the song Evermore, it's like I thought he really did good with that. Um, my problem though is that I just didn't. Fi it it kind of took away from some of the pacing of the story. So it, I wished it was in a different film so I could appreciate it more. Mm. And yeah, I, I I'm not gonna lie to you that I wasn't big on on the Evermore song played in the. It's a hit or miss, and I understand. Yeah. That. Um, yeah, and I think that's just kind of, like, my biggest problem with it is that it's just one of those, like, I can understand some of the changes that they wanted to do with remaking it, but at the same time, I'm like... Because that's the one thing I'll give Once Upon a Time credit for, is that, you know, it, whether or not that change of Rumpelstiltskin being the Beast is a good thing or not, it's like, I'll give it credit, it's at least doing something different from the original animated film. I, it's one of the reasons why I like The Jungle Book and Pete's Dragon a, lo a little bit more, because mm -hmm. they do take a bit of a different route with their original animated counterparts and mm -hmm. do make it different enough to like stand on its own to be like a completely new movie still and yeah with this one it's like it just kind of felt like they were taking a bit of a safe route and just like doing like minor correction i, I kind of look at it as like with uh what george lucas did with uh some of the uh, original star wars films where it's mm. like he would occasionally go back and like add, add little tweaks to it here and there mm. That's definitely kind of like the feeling I was getting where it's like, I feel like this has tampered something. Mm, okay. No, I, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. 
like I said, I don't think it's the worst Disney remake. Oh, yeah, uh, no, it's, I, it's not. Yeah, I could definitely name worse, like, beforehand and even now. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't really have enough for me to, like, say I would recommend this uh, over the original uh, for any reason, honestly. Yeah. Like, even with the stuff that I did like, I would still be like, eh, you probably have an easier time with the animated film. I mean, like I said, there are definitely certain things that I appreciated and liked in the live action, but I'm sorry, even aside from the things that I, I liked, yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I'm still privy to the uh, the original. I'm still privy to Disney's uh, animated version. At the time, it still ended up grossing like $1.2 billion in the box office. And which... I'm sorry, but I have to freaking say this. Film and television really need to stop uh, saying that their characters are gay when they're not um, fully written around that yeah committing to that because that's getting annoying yeah uh, i mean that especially bothered me with like uh especially with the star wars films like how they uh, the guy who uh the john boyega and oscar isaac wanted uh, their characters to have a relationship with another one one another but disney said no we're not going to do that we're going to have like this quick one uh shot of these two lesbians hugging together or kissing and it's like that's your moment of progression and i'm like really that's that's pathetic. It's made me realize just how much uh, these production companies really like promising just for like, a, a good fan base, but they never actually do it or commit to it. That really has got to stop. If you're going to say it, do it. Yes. Because there is a large community there, um, and I know a lot of them are getting very, very pissed off with that. So it's like if you're going to say that your characters are gay, commit to it. So yeah, that, that was one thing I definitely had to mention because his LeFou, even though they claimed that he was gay, there were tiny moments, tiny moments where you kind of saw it, but they still didn't fully commit. I'm like... No, And no, the fact that they even, that even the actor, Josh Gabs, even said, I wasn't even informed of this because if I was informed, I would have played, played, played the character differently. That's bullshit. Yeah. It's like, come on, people. Mm-hmm. If you're going to promise it, commit. And it's like, you need, if, if you're going to represent these people in, in this community, in, your, your, in, in media, I mean, come on. Yeah, it's the same thing with how J.K. Rowling claims that, oh, maybe Hermione was black after all. But then it's like, no, because if, you, if she was, you would have written that out there because there are other characters throughout the Harry Potter series where if they had darker skin, you acknowledged it. Well, I mean, didn't she also... So, uh, fuck you, you're wrong, Rowling. So, but I mean, didn't she also, like, claim that, like, people who were, like, uh, trans were, like, dis- a, a disease? Autistic. Or a, a disease or something like that? Didn't she have, like, some off She did. Uh, she said that trans people, or trans women weren't real women. Yeah. Or women that menstruated. And I'm just, like, thinking... And she also claimed there was, like, uh, people who go transgender end up autistic. And I'm like, okay, if that's what you believe, go fuck a horse. I just, I don't, I don't know. That, well, that, when she, she mentioned that Dumbledore was supposed to be portrayed as gay, I'm That like, was another one I was going to bring up, but I didn't think, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was just, like, thinking, really? Because, I'm sorry, I never got any kind of indication that his character was in any way, shape, or form gay, and I'm sorry, but I was not impressed when I found out from, from Daniel Radcliffe that the guy who played Dumbledore, when he found out that apparently his character was supposed to be gay, apparently that's when the jokes were coming nonstop. 
I find it funny how this just went from a discussion on different beauties and the beasts and just went into a discussion about uh, Dumbledore's actor being an obno uh, being obnoxiously gay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, over, overall, just to kind of wrap this, unless you had other points to mention with, with the films. Um, I'll also mention this. I thought Kevin Klein is Maurice. Uh, I actually thought he was, I thought the way they changed up his character was nice. I'm glad that they made Maurice less bumbling and more of a humble, uh, gentler person. Like, I thought that was a, if they were going to do something different with that, it's like, I'm glad they did that. Actually, I will admit, I actually like both versions of the dad mm -hmm. in both films. I actually wasn't I do sure. too. I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying it's yeah. like I thought Kevin Klein's change was refreshing. Oh yeah, no, it definitely was. I, I really actually liked, but yeah, I was mentioning because like with his character, usually when, when sometimes when they do sequels or remakes of or certain movies, sometimes some of the characters that they actually do, you tend to have issues with certain ways that people portrayed their characters, and I'm not going to lie. The father, regardless if it's live action or animated, I liked the, the father character in both films. I just thought that they both were refreshing, and I, I actually... Mind you, they were both different, but I liked both portrayals of, of her dad. I was like, I actually really, really liked both characters with, with, with this one. Because they were, they were both... They both had certain qualities about them, like the supportive, lo unconditionally loving, accepting, stuff like that. They were, just, they were in different ways, and I'm like... I really like both interpretations of this guy and this guy, so yeah. I, I did have a little bit of a problem with like seeing the the death scenes to some of the objects because I I think that's just more of an editing problem with me. It's like I think I would have liked it if they were turning solid like before the last petal fell. Because I'm sorry, that one moment where it's like the enchanters like comes in at the end and decides to revive the flower, I'm like it's like really? You could just let love be the answer to it. It's like no, you'd be like Oh, I forgive you. <laughs> I'm like, piss off. <laughs> it's like you couldn't stick with the whole love conquers all. <laughs> it's like, I can understand the Enchantress, like, being there to, like, observe the whole story. And you're actually going to have her, like, go up to, like, Belle and the Beast. It's like, after he's died and then revive him. Like, what kind of deus ex machina bullshit is that? <laughs> but I mean, yeah, other than... Everything we've mentioned, I will admit, I'm aside from the things I still, I did like with the live action. I'm still privy to the animated, so. This was like kind of like the starting point where I was uh, definitely um, noticing uh, some of the remakes starting to go off track or at least downhill from here, and it, it does like because another thing I noticed is that it was when I was starting to realize that some of these remakes were being made to like not pay the old writers of the previous films which you know considering companies doing that it's like that's another reason why i have disdain for remakes because it's like okay you better include the original writer otherwise fuck you <laughs> um other than that it's depending on how you feel about it take it for what it's worth yeah. uh, if you like it more power to you but as for me i'm still gonna prefer the animated version yeah I'm still, I'm still privy to that one, too. There's just some... Uh, yeah, it's like... It's kind of surprising that the cartoon movie ended up having more emotion than the live-action one. Yeah! Which we'll get to with Lion King eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm looking forward to seeing the live-action of Lion King after it gets... I, I, all I saw was literally the clip of it in theaters, and I was like, yeah, I'm done. And I just saw a small clip. I... 
Well, let me tell you where I gave up. Uh, I gave up after listening to Circle of Life. All right, okay. Yeah, (laughs) I gave up pretty fast (laughs) from that early on. Okay. Uh, But that's been our discussion on Beauty and the Beast. Uh, Both versions are on Disney+, Plus, so watch it and decide for yourself. And until next time, I'm Merrick Trappel. I'm Melissa Leach. And we'll see you all next time. Take care.